Merry Christmas. Welcome to Trinity. Special welcome to uh, friends and family members and guests who are with us. We're so glad that you are here. And I'd also like to welcome anyone who's joining us online or by phone. Thank you for being with us in that way as well. I hope on your way in you found a candle for the candlelight portion of the service tonight. If you didn't, we have some ushers standing in the back who might be able to help you find one of those. Uh, I also just want to take a moment here at the beginning uh, to celebrate and to thank our, uh, our bell choir, our Trinity choir, and our director of music, Wendy Ward, for all they do to prepare uh, this evening's service. Let's give them a round of applause for, for that. <laughs> This was one of the nights that was uh, uh, missed dearly last year, so we're so glad to have them uh, bringing music to us again. We'll begin our service with our gathering hymn. I invite you to stand as you are able.
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. May the grace and peace of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty God, you made this holy night shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that here on earth we may walk in the light of Jesus' presence and in the last day wake to the brightness of his glory. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. 
For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as for fuel on the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wondrous Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Word of God, word of life. The second reading is from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purity for himself, a people of his own, who are zealous for good deeds. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. But all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, peace, and good tidings to you, friends, and once again, Merry Christmas. We've been drawn together yet again by the story of Jesus' birth. This festival, this story, carries with it so many layers of memory and significance. I'm sure each one of you is bringing that with you. If you really want to get to know someone in their family, you can ask them about their holiday traditions. And for us, if you ask about their Christmas traditions, I'm sure you will learn about the foods that are important, the gathering places. For many, it's a time of gathering with loved ones, eating delicious and mostly sweet foods. (laughs) It's a time to sing treasured hymns and carols. It's a time to deck the halls, watch our favorite Christmas movies, and put up twinkle lights. At the top of our Christmas trees, we might have a star, which recalls the star that rested over Bethlehem in Matthew's Gospel. Or perhaps at the top of your tree, you have an angel that sits on the top. These angel tree toppers are reminiscent of the angel in our Gospel text from Luke. This is such a rich story, it's always hard to know which part to focus on, and this year I was particularly drawn to the angels, in part because I often overlook them. But I will say that when I am in this pulpit, I always feel like I have an angel or two glancing over my shoulder. Go back there. Uh, (laughs) They are politely quiet uh, as I struggle to unpack the mysteries. But angels appear over and over again in this story. An angel comes to Mary and tells her she will give birth to a child. And here, on the night of Christ's birth, an angel appears to shepherds out in the field just outside of Bethlehem. Do not be afraid, the angel says, for see, 
I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And as if to underscore this message from God, a whole host of angels, a choir of of angels appears and bursts into song and praise. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Now, pop culture has given us a lot of ideas about angels over the years. Perhaps you remember the TV show Touched by an Angel. Or around Christmas, maybe you watch It's a Wonderful Life and you meet Clarence the Angel. And you probably know from that movie that every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. (laughs) More recently, uh, perhaps some of you saw the show Good Omens with the angel Aziraphale. We may love to imagine these stories of angels. We hear lots of stories about them uh, in the culture. But I also think we modern folk on this side of the scientific revolution uh, aren't exactly sure what to make of them. Uh, These otherworldly creatures in our Bible, how do we talk about them? And yet I think stories like tonight force us uh, to continue to grapple with the mysteries of these figures in our Bible. Rowan Williams, who's the former Archbishop of Canterbury and longtime professor at Cambridge, once said of angels, Odd as it may sound, thinking about these mysterious agents of God's purpose who belong to a different order of being can be at least a powerful symbol for all those dimensions of the universe about which we really have no idea. Round the corner of our vision, things are going on in the universe, glorious and wonderful things of which we know nothing. Now, that doesn't mean we should throw up our hands and not try to understand things in other or more scientific kind of ways, but I think it is a reminder that not everything that is going on will make sense to us from our point of view. We never get to a point where we reach the end of our bafflement and amazement of being alive in this world. So if nothing else, when you read the Christmas story, I hope you'll see this heavenly chorus, these angelic figures, as a sign that there's often more going on regarding God's purposes than initially meets the eyes. That we are not the only force at work in God's dream of a new creation. That we are not alone in that work. And this is certainly true of the Christmas story. God is at work in unimaginable ways, ways that the characters in the stories cannot even begin to picture. One important thing to know as you read this story is that there seems to be this uh, contrast or this conflict, opposition, between Jesus, the newborn king, and Caesar Augustus, the emperor, the earthly king. Notice how our story begins with the bigwigs, the powerful of history, the Emperor Augustus and the Governor Quirinius. But then we zoom in on this family about to give birth to Jesus. 
The history here is a little vague, but the point is clear. Jesus is the true Lord, and anyone like Augustus or Quirinius are just fakers. You see, Caesar was also called a savior and Lord and a prince of peace. Those honorifics for Caesar uh, are the ones that are applied to Jesus, and so these two kings are placed in conflict. So part of what the Christmas story is saying to us is that there's a newborn Savior and Lord, and it ain't Caesar. This heavenly chorus of angels is also part of that contrast. It's a one-upmanship of Augustus. Early on in the emperor's reign, in Augustus's reign, he was out and about and he heard a chorus of men singing his praises. Uh, you imagine someone was trying to get on the good side of the new emperor. It so pleased him that this choir became a permanent part of his spiel and entourage at honorary contests. He raised a tax to financially support the existence of a 40-person male chorus to follow him around to these events. Talk about an ego, right? Can you imagine hiring a choir to follow you around and sing nice things about you wherever you went? (laughs) So Caesar has 40 earthly singers that he has to pay to be there. But on the other hand, you have Jesus, the newborn king, and he has this massive, innumerable choir that sings and praises him spontaneously at his birth. As one commentator put it, one of these choruses is better than the other. One of these births is more important than the other. One of these kings is more important than the other. There is a new emperor in town, and he is a much bigger deal, and his name is Jesus. Earthly tyrants think they get to write history, but the Christmas story says there's another author at work behind the scenes. Even the schemes of tyrants will be made in odd ways to serve God's purposes, and most often without those rulers' knowledge. There is so much more going on here than meets the eye. Whenever we hear a story about an angel, I think we should think that. There is more going on here than we might imagine. Now, I'm not sure what each one of you carries to this night. I imagine some of you come with joy, others with sorrow, others come with worry or skeptical obligation. Some of us are grieving, some are sick. Others carry a variety of stress or pain in relationships. Others of us might simply be excited to be at Christmas time and are ready to open some presents. But whatever it is that you carry with you this night, whatever situation you carry in your heart, I hope you hear an echo of the angels singing in this sanctuary tonight. There is more going on here and now than meets the eye. You could look around here tonight. You could uh, assume that this, you know, modest gathering uh, doesn't really have that much to do with what's going on in the world or the universe. What difference could it possibly make for the good of the earth 
What difference could it make for you personally? But from a different angle of vision, the angle of God, you can see that we are caught up in a song that precedes us and that catches us up in the singing of the angels. We join their song tonight. We enter into the story of Jesus and become part of something that will truly change and recreate the world. On Christmas, God has made a decisive move toward us in love. God has entered the human story, human history in mercy and has taken on our humanity, meets us exactly where we are. In the middle of all of the world's nightmares, and you can name them, God's dream is breaking in and making all things new, setting all things right. Jesus makes God's intentions clear. If you've ever wondered about God's opinion of you or God's desire for you, Jesus makes it clear. God, uh, Jesus teaches us that we can trust this God because this God has our good in mind. That God is on our side. God is for us, not against us. That God is on the side of wholeness and peace and justice. This is a God who is at work beyond our imaginings. A God beyond the corner of our ability to comprehend. That's what's going on here tonight. This is essentially what the angel says to those shepherds long ago. And perhaps the primary job description of angels is to deliver a message from God. Angel means messenger. And the message is simply this. There is good news of great joy for all people, and that good news is Jesus. So if you remember nothing else from tonight, I hope you'll have those words ringing in your head. Good news, great joy for all people. In other words, the birth of Jesus is not a mixed bag. It is unreservedly good news of great joy. And this good news is not just for some people, the people we like or people like us. It is for all people. And it is for you. Our hymn of the day for today, for this evening, speaks of this mystery, sings of this mystery. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old, from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to all, from heaven's all-gracious king. To the world in solemn stillness lay, to hear the angels sing. To hear the angels sing is part of why we gather tonight, because they sing about good news of great joy for all people. They sing about Jesus. The mystery is that this glorious song of old is always echoing in our world and in our lives. Peace on the earth, goodwill to all. Can you hear it? And if you can't hear it, try listening to the voices around you. Because if an angel is a messenger, pretty much any one of you, anyone around you, could be a messenger from God. The song is heard in acts of love and service done in the name of the Lord. The song is heard when the hungry are fed, 
when the homeless are housed, when there is peace on earth, all of which are signs of God's dream crashing into earth. All of this is a sign of God's love for you. The song of the angels is heard at Trinity tonight, if you listen for it. The song is for you because Christ is born, and that is good news for you, for the shepherds, for Mary, for Joseph, for all the characters in our Bible, but also for you and your neighbor, even for your enemies. The Prince of Peace is here, and he's here for all people. Jesus is here for you, my dear siblings. Amen.
We confess our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Joining our voices with the heavenly host and Christians throughout time and space. Let us pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Love proclaims that a savior has been born to us. Inspire your church throughout the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus' birth to all who seek salvation, hope, and new life. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Love whispers to a weary world that the time for rest and restoration has come. Maintain healthy cycles of wake and sleep for all creatures, where light pollution disrupts natural rhythms, encourage new practices. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Love cries to a warring world that the time for peace is at hand. Direct those in power who make decisions on behalf of others, that they nurture and sustain all that is healthy, good, and holy. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Love sings through the wails of a newborn baby. Respond to all who cry out in pain, despair, or need this night, especially Denia. Donna, Sabrina and Graham, Mark, Lynn, Harley, Kristen, and Bob. Bring comfort to those for whom separation, grief, or loss makes the Christmas season especially difficult. We pray for those suffering from COVID and for health care workers. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Love murmurs words of comfort to a newborn child and exhausted parents. 
Bless new and expectant parents or caregivers, especially those who are alone or afraid this night. Pour out your love upon families of every kind. Merciful God, receive receive our prayer. God's ever-present love is proclaimed through the faithful who came before us. We give you thanks for Mary, John the baptizer, Elizabeth his mother, Joseph the dreamer, and all who point toward your love. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Rejoicing in your word made flesh among us, we commend these prayers to you. Confident of your grace and love made known to us in Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please turn and wave or share a sign of peace with those around you. Peace be with you. And we won't be passing an, you may be seated, uh, we won't be passing an offering plate tonight, uh, but there is an offering plate back by the baptismal font um, that when you come forward for communion or as you depart um, tonight, uh, you might leave an offering there at the plate by the baptismal font. For those people joining us online or by phone, there are are ways that you can make an offering on our website, tlcmsn.org. And click on online giving. Uh, you might also uh, uh, send an offering by mail to our mailing address. And we'll now hear our offering, musical offering.
Please stand as you are able. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the wonder and mystery of the word made flesh, you have opened the eyes of faith to a new and radiant vision of your glory, that beholding the God made visible, we may be drawn to love the God whom we cannot see. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. O Creator, from the beginning of time you have been with us. You save us again and again from ourselves, from our hatred of others, from our judgments that we know more than you. You created us as whole beings, minds, bodies, souls, all together, all connected. You bring us prophets to point the way, to call us in, to call us toward love and life, and yet we turn away. In the creative darkness, in the beginning of time, the depth of Mary's womb, you net together a real human body that comes from another body, a connected body, a baby. We hear your cries to eat, to sleep, to be held, to be changed. In the incarnation, in becoming human, you know what it is to bleed, to hurt, to cry out for justice from a body that was tortured. You know the pain of speaking up against the things that separate, the pain of oppression, of those who think they get to define who counts as human. And yet you gave yourself to us. You gave your own body and blood to heal us, to bring us closer to ourselves and one another, to heal the broken connections within, without, and between our whole beings. In this meal, you connect your body to ours. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. 
Through your human and divine body, you bring us salvation. You also shared your spirit with us. O Holy Spirit, thank you for promising to infuse this wine and bread with the spirit of Jesus. Saturate the wine and the bread and the insides of the bread with your spirit. Use it to unite us to Jesus' body and the bodies of all those around us. Unite everyone who eats this meal until at last we know the joy of connection, until at last we know the connection with all that is around us. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. Ushers will dismiss you by pew to the side aisles, and you'll come forward along the side aisles where there are these two side tables where you will pick up an empty cup. You'll bring that empty cup to the railing where it will be filled with wine and where you will receive bread. If you need or desire gluten-free or grape juice, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab those and bring them with you to the railing. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your uh, cup in this bowl by the center aisle. We want to be clear uh, that everyone is welcome to commune with us here at Trinity. This is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes from Christ. As you come forward, please uh, be mindful of uh, social distance between uh, you and people outside of your household as much as possible. Uh, Try and allow six uh, feet-ish between you and other household. Likewise, at the railing, try and space out a little bit to allow for some social distancing. All is now ready. Receive this invitation. In Christ's manger at Christ's table, come see what God makes known for you.
Please stand. May the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, wondrous God, for Jesus, God with us, in these gifts of bread and wine. As we have shared this feast of love, strengthen us to share your love with all the world. In Jesus' name we pray.
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. We have beheld Christ's glory, glory as a only Son from the Father. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the word was life, and the life was the light of all people. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. May extinguish your candles.
glory to God in the highest. Peace to God's people on earth. Go in peace, share the gift of Jesus.